If you've been to church before, you've probably heard this. God wants you to fulfill your purpose for your life. But the question you're asking is, how is it that God helps me fulfill my purpose for my life? Well, that's what we're gonna talk about on this special Easter edition of the Full Life Podcast. Welcome everyone to the Full Life Podcast by Grace Church, where we hope to inspire, challenge, and clarify your next steps in faith. I'm David Lawson, and today is our last episode of a series of podcasts that we have been um, discussing about the last days, last hours of Jesus' life here on earth. And uh, we've been talking about, throughout this series, we've been talking about the events of Jesus' last days been talking about the historical settings where those things take place, but probably more importantly, what we've been talking about is the spiritual significance of each of these events, what they mean for our lives, and uh, the significance that they have, not only for us, but the, for those that we love. If you've happened to miss any of the previous episodes of this series, I encourage you to check them out. I know that it will be an encouragement to your life. And today we're going to be talking about an event that no one talks that most people don't talk about very much, but it's an event that ultimately empowers the believer for life and the church for her mission. And Pastor Bob Federhoff is with me again today. He is the pastor of development here at Grace, former senior pastor here at Grace. And uh, Bob, I've really enjoyed the conversations we've had so far. Welcome. Glad you could be with us again today. Thank you, Dave. This has been a wonderful uh, time for me, and it's been great to be together. Uh, these truths are really the mm. cornerstone so of sure. our faith. Yeah. They separate Christianity from every other religion in the world. I think we said that yeah. in one of the podcasts previously, and I'm really excited about mm. the opportunity to be here today. So today we are talking about the ascension. The crucifixion is well-known. The resurrection is well-known. Last time when we talked about the resurrection, we talked about it being the cornerstone of our faith, which it is. But the ascension doesn't get a lot of press. Uh, we don't really talk about it very much or why it's very important. Um, so talk a little bit about, uh, obviously, the ascension takes place after the resurrection, but talk to sure. us a little bit about where this fits in our timeline and uh, events leading up to it. Well, the scripture says that uh, Jesus appeared to his followers following his resurrection for 40 days, mm. uh, demonstrating that he was alive. And following those appearances, he took them to the Mount of Olives. And I've been there, you've yeah, been, there. been there. Yeah. Many people have yeah. been there, to apparently to the top of the Mount of Olives, and it was there that he ascended mm. into heaven. Mm. What an incredible moment that must have been. Yeah, must be startling. Uh, yet another thing wow. they probably weren't expecting yeah. to take place. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, so, so tell us a little bit about what we know about the ascension. I mean, there were we know that there were witnesses there, people who were there. Uh, how how did they know about it? How did they find out about it? Where did it take place? You talked about the Mount of Olives. Mm -hmm. um, um, give us some more facts about the ascension. Well, let me just uh, expand on what I said. After the resurrection, there were 40 days between when Jesus arose and when he ascended into heaven. Mm -hmm. And uh, just to recap what we talked about in our previous podcast, Jesus appeared to a number of different people. 
He first appeared to Mary Magdalene. Then he appeared to three women who were named Mary, Salome, and Joanna. Um, then he appeared to Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he appeared to two men on the road to Emmaus, two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And then he appeared to his disciples without Thomas. Followed by that, he appeared to his, all of his disciples, including Thomas. And then he went to the Sea of Galilee, and on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, he was preparing breakfast for his disciples one day, and he appeared to seven of them in that incredible setting. Hmm. Then he took them up to a mountain in Galilee somewhere and appeared to them again. And uh, then there was, the, uh, there was the moment when he was hmm. going to ascend into heaven itself there on the Mount of Olives. So that's a sequence of events that kind of lead up to the ascension, which then brought about the coming of the Spirit of God mm. at what the church commonly refers to as Pentecost. Yeah, and so uh, this is where we start getting into um, the the spiritual significance of this event, uh, because it really makes way, doesn't it, for uh, a lot of sig- significant um Activity and empowerment, really, yes. uh, activity of the church, empowerment of believers for that ministry. So uh, let's press into that a little bit more uh, about uh, the significance of the ascension mm-hmm. for us as believers and for the church. Sure. Well, let me just read the text, first okay. of all, that uh, tells us about what happened. This comes from Acts chapter 1. It says, After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. There's the 40 days I've talked about. Mm -hmm. And spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift Mm -hmm. my father promised, Mm -hmm. which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit." Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Mm -hmm. A question which they had been asking all along. They wanted the glory and power of the kingdom to um, to be restored on earth at that very moment as they had throughout the ministry of the Lord because they knew he was... Um, God in human flesh. But, Mm -hmm. uh, of course, he said, following in verse 7, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit comes on you, Mm -hmm. and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. There's the ascension. Mm. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, mm. when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking mm. into the sky? Mm. This same Jesus, mm. who has been taken from you into heaven, mm. will come back in the same way as you've seen him go into heaven. Mm-hmm. There's so much in those verses um, that because there's implications for his return, right? There's implications there for, uh, you know, even early on in his ministry, he said, unless I go, I cannot send you uh, the promised Holy Spirit who is our comforter and who is our guide and who is our counselor and all the ministries of the Holy Spirit. And we also see that uh, the initiation of the church wouldn't have been able to happen without the 
the ascension of Jesus Christ and the coming of the Holy Spirit. So there's a lot there that we can talk. I'll let you tackle what you want to tackle there sure. of uh, uh, the empowerment of the believer, the, the mission of the church, the coming of Jesus. Uh, sure. You can pick up on what you would like to there. Well, I would especially point out these things. Number one, Jesus said, it's not for us to know the times or the dates the Father mm. has set by his own authority. Mm. Uh, the bottom line is the Scripture gives us a lot of information mm-hmm. called prophecy about mm. what is coming in the future. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear one of these days, Jesus is going to return mm. for his bride, the church. He's going to eventually come in power and glory to establish his kingdom here on this earth. However, we don't know exactly mm. when that's going to happen. We don't know the times. We don't know the dates exactly. Our purpose should be to live mm. as believers anticipating that moment mm-hmm. At any time, mm-hmm. so that, that's we refer to that as the imminent return, absolutely. of Jesus Christ, right? Just, and, and so, if there's, uh, if you ever hear somebody setting a date, well, this is when Jesus is going to come. Yeah. Stop listening to that person. <laughs> yeah, he, we, in fact, Jesus made it clear when he left his disciples, he could have come back at any moment hmm. for the last two thousand years, right? At any moment. Um, now, more and more seems to be happening in this world that would point to those events that are described mm-hmm. in prophetic statements related mm-hmm. to the end of this world as we know it, um, but we still don't know the exact time, and we need to live ready. We yeah, need to be which ready. Which generation hasn't thought right. that he wasn't going to return in their right. time? Like, because we all think, how can it get worse? That's you exactly know? right. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Second thing, God promises in these verses that we will receive power mm-hmm. when the Holy Spirit comes on us. I'm not sure that we fully grasp what that statement means. Mm. I know one thing. When Mm. I become a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell my life, comes Mm. to live inside of my life. Mm. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. That means I have the presence of God in Mm. me. Mm. Um, I no longer have to rely on my own strength, my own ability. Um, I have the presence of God. Sometimes I'm aware of that presence. Sometimes maybe I'm not as aware as I should be of that presence. Um, It's not something I can feel necessarily, but it's a sense of dependence Mm. on the presence of God directing my thoughts, directing my steps, giving me guidance about decisions I'm making, walking with me through the various Mm. challenges I face in life, empowering me to do things that I wouldn't otherwise be able to Mm. tackle on my own. Um, there's just so much to the presence and the power of the Spirit of God in my yeah. life. I've talked to people before who struggle with this a little bit. And uh, so I, I made this statement before, you know, instead of trying harder, why don't you surrender more? Yes. You use that word dependence. Yes. And that's what it is, is yeah. I'm relying and I'm trusting in the empowerment of the Spirit of my life. You know, the Apostle Paul talked about the acts of the sinful nature and the fruit of the Spirit. Acts are something we do. Fruit is something that is born in our lives. And so um, oftentimes when we take the bull by the horns or we try to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps or we try to put our shoulder to the wheel, whatever whatever phrase you want to use, um, we tend to make things worse in our own humanity. That's right. doesn't mean there's an effort in the Christian life. You know, the, the scripture tells us that we should uh, work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But there is that surrender part. There's that dependence part because um, 
you can't serve both. You can't serve yourself and the Holy Spirit. You have to surrender to his leadership in your life. That's right. And that is, I think, a a second important idea that comes out of these verses. And the third that stands out as I've uh, reviewed these again is where Jesus says to his his, uh, disciples, you will be witnesses Mm. Mm. for me in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Mm. Normally, we call that the Great Commission. It's where Jesus gave his marching orders to his Mm. followers to begin to talk about what they had seen and heard, what he had accomplished through his death and his resurrection, how he had transformed their lives. It was their responsibility and ours by extension then Mm. to go into the world and Mm. tell people who have yet to begin a relationship with Jesus all about him and be and introduce to them the good news about what it means to have a relationship with God. And one of the important things to emphasize here is that God doesn't give us marching orders to go twist arms of people. Right. He, he doesn't expect us to coerce them. He doesn't expect us to beat them over the head. What he says is you're to be witnesses. Mm-hmm. What does a witness do? A witness just talks about what he knows. Yeah. He just talks about what he knows. And in a sense, every person on earth really should have the opportunity mm, amen. to hear about the amazing love of God mm. and what Jesus has done for us through his death and his resurrection. Yeah. Every person should have that opportunity. Um, it's their choice mm. uh, to believe or not to believe, but our job is to be witnesses. Yeah. One of the evidences of our surrender to the Spirit is the fact that uh, we are testifying about yes. who Jesus is. I like... More and more, I like what Peter said, to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's right. Um, just as you mentioned, I like how you talked about just just talking about the things that, that declaring, talking about, proclaiming the things that God that's has right. done in our lives and the good thing, how God is good in our lives. That's that's part of our witness. We're giving credit where credit is due yeah. uh, to what the Lord is doing in our lives. That's a very significant part, of course, of uh, the ascension. I, th- I want to touch a little bit on a ministry that has that that's available to us today, which is the current work of our Lord Jesus Christ that is in place as a result of His ascension into the heavenly realms, literally at the right hand of mm. the Father. Uh, Paul writes about this in Romans chapter 8, where he says, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is always interceding for us. Boy, I'll tell you, I'm, I like the word always. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry that he has to always be interced- interceding for me, but I know he always has right. to be. Talk a little bit about the importance of that truth for our lives today. Well, I know that um, in my strength and in hmm. my ability, um, I would not be able to stand in the presence of a holy God. Right. But the Son, Jesus, is there hmm. pleading my case, yeah. not based on who I am or what I've done, but on what he did for me. Right, right. And the writer of Hebrews talks about all this. Hmm. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended, there's the word again, there it is. into yeah. heaven, yeah. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one 
who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. I love that. Um, The Son is in the presence of the Father pleading our case based on not what we've done, but what he did for us, pointing to the cross, pointing to his resurrection. He invites us then to just share the deepest needs of our lives with mm-hmm. him and to talk to the Father mm. on the basis of what the Son has done for us and ask for help. Yeah, amen. <laughs> He just basically say, talk to me. Yeah. Just, yeah. just talk to me. Tell yeah. me what you need. Not on the basis of who you are, what you did, but on yeah. the basis of what Jesus did. Yeah, and the writer Hebrews talks about him being the most excellent high priest, the yes, one who amen. has been tempted in every way that we have. And the, I think this truth uh, ties into what the Apostle John said, too, that if you claim to be without sin, you deceive yourselves, and the truth mm-hmm. is not in you. But if you confess mm-hmm. your sin, he is faithful, and the word there is just or righteous mm-hmm. to forgive us. Why, why is God faithful? And righteous and just. Hmm. Well, it's because of the work of Jesus. That's right. Um, Amen. He 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 can, if you can put it this way, in good conscience, right. he can forgive us because of the work of Jesus Christ in our behalf. And he is the one who is at the right hand, who is pointing the Father to Amen. his death and his resurrection as uh, sufficient. That I appeased you on this. I've appeased your wrath on this. I've taken on that wrath right. myself, and you can forgive this person who is calling to you. That's right. Great, great truth. Well, I can't believe it, Bob, but um, I think we might be at the end of the series. Uh, finally, this these truths, this truth about the ascension is there's a lot there because you know the. The church gets her mission um, as a result of the empowerment of the spirit of the believers who are part of that. Uh, We who believe uh, are empowered to live the life that God has called us to live in the presence of people uh, that they might find hope, uh, the same hope that we have discovered in Jesus Christ. And uh, we have this assurance, you know, we don't have to be worrying about uh, whether we're forgiven, because when we walk through this life, so if we, as we've talked about before, when we walk through this life, we get dirty, and the Lord is is there pleading our case uh, to the Father in our behalf. There's just so much there when it comes to the, the ascension. So um, we we finally come to the end of the series, and uh, I know it's been a lot of fun for me. Uh, I think uh, I've really benefited from your wisdom and uh, the, the the experiences that you have had. In Israel, uh, any final thoughts uh, from you that you want to pass on to our listeners before we begin wrapping it up? Well, I would just say this one summary statement: the things we've been talking about are the cornerstone truths mm. of our faith. They really are bedrock. Mm. They are nothing more important. Amen. Well, Bob, thanks again for your time and your insights, and uh, more importantly, though, for bringing out the spiritual significance 
that each of these has. They're, they're, they're more than just historical markers along the way. They're more than just points of debate between scholars and theologians and, and uh, uh, those who believe and uh, agnostics and atheists. I mean, it's more than that. Yes. Uh, these are historical truths that have a spiritual significance to us and give us who believe confidence, uh, even more confidence in our faith because uh, the, the historical evidence of them um, leads to the fact that they are true for us, and especially the mm-hmm. truth of the resurrection. So thanks again for that. I appreciate it. Sure. And if you don't have a church, those of you who are listening, if you don't have a church home, uh, we always encourage you to uh, attend Grace Church in person or online. There's information about that uh, that you can find about location and times and your online participation, if you would like, uh, in the description um, below um, this podcast or below uh, this video. And I trust our time together has been helpful for you as always. I'm glad you could join us today. And uh, we hope that in some way your faith has been strengthened and that you are better prepared for this faith journey uh, that God has for you. And remember, throughout all of this, uh, Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it to the full. And we pray, of course, that you enjoy and embrace this full life that God has for you.